This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. And we are back here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And we had some unbelievable news over the weekend. And so I popped on uh, yesterday, I believe that was Saturday, I'm recording here Sunday night for Monday morning show. And we did a quick half hour special report, kind of a recap on where uh, we're going and what we covered over the last 15 episodes and so an interview had come out with jared kushner and richard grinnell who was in the trump administration and jared kushner obviously donald trump's son-in-law and really the top advisor the most influential advisor during the trump era and so jared kushner went on this interview with richard grinnell trump's national security advisor And he admitted to being a transhumanist. So I said, you know, I've got to pop on this weekend and just tell all of you in the audience to give yourselves a pat on the back for hanging in there with me and to pat myself on the back for being right on track with the first 15 episodes. My goal was to educate all of you on the tenets of the fourth industrial revolution and on the players, the investors, the engineers, the big thinkers, the influencers, and the money men behind the technocratic thirst for immortality. And so we started out with Ray Kurzweil, one of the architects of the modern technocracy, one of the big thought leaders in this space, who is probably one of the most vocal and craziest of all of the technocrats. And so Jared Kushner, well, just in case you didn't tune in this weekend for that 30 minutes, let me just play you this clip of Jared Kushner so you can all see what I am talking about. And then finally, I think that from uh, you know the last year, the one thing I've tried to put a priority on since I left the White House was you know getting some exercise in. I think that there's a, a good probability that my generation is hopefully with the advances in science either you know the the, the first generation to live forever or the last generation that's going to die. And so uh, we need to keep ourselves in, in pretty good shape. And I apologize for the video audience there. For some reason, that uh, video is turned sideways, but that's okay. You heard Jared Kushner right there talking about being part of the last generation to die or the first generation to live forever. And he's speaking 
exactly in line with Ray Kurzweil and Elon Musk and all of these technocratic madmen that we have covered here on the Dustin Gold Standard. And as you may have remembered, the last two episodes before that, we have been focusing on a gentleman named Lars Butler. And if you haven't tuned in before, that's Butler with two T's, L-A-R-S, B-U-T-T-L-E-R. Feel free to look him up online. Lars Butler is the founder of the AI Foundation, the Artificial Intelligence Foundation. And Butler, I consider to be quite a dangerous gentleman. In the first two episodes, I introduced you to AI Foundation, and then we reviewed a video from Bloomberg going back 10 years ago where Lars Butler was being interviewed for his involvement in the video game world, particularly with a company called Tryon. And so inside of the company Tryon, Lars was at the beginning stages of developing what we would call a second life or an immersive video game where you literally have a entire second persona of yourself at that time, your avatar. And so you would develop a character around yourself and you'd live vicariously through a video game. And through that interview, we were able to see Butler talking about people being able to buy things inside of the video game. At that time, using real U.S. dollars, real cash, and then going into the game and buying digital items, digital objects like weapons and armor and such. And so I taught you all about Minecraft and Roblox, which your kids or grandkids probably play. And I told you that there were people that were hooked on this type of second life world and that this was the foundation for what would later become the metaverse, which we're hearing a lot about now. I explained to you how NFTs work in simple terms, but how NFTs, non-fungible tokens work uh, inside of these games. And so Butler was sort of a revolutionary in the beginning phases of what would later become the metaverse and which we will see unfold over the next few years. Although as I was driving in my car yesterday morning, I had to pick up some last minute stuff with my wife because I was going to my neighbor's barbecue. And then after that, we had already invited a few friends over our house for a barbecue. So we were out picking up some additional items. And I started thinking to myself, we are already living in the metaverse. We are already living within a digital world in which we ourselves have a digital twin. And by that, I mean, everything we really do in life where we have to interact with each other short of going to a local farm and paying cash or what I saw a lot of in Poland, which was people bartering um, goods, bartering products, bartering eggs and meat and things that they produced and or manufactured on their own property in which they would trade with someone else for something that they produced or manufactured or paying for that in cash. We really already have a digital twin of ourselves. When you're going on to your phone, 
you are interacting with the internet, whether you're actually browsing the web through Google or DuckDuckGo or whatever it is that you use, it doesn't really matter. They're all running off of the same servers and same engines. But so when you're interacting with your phone, when you're interacting with your Amazon Ring cameras, your Google Nest, when you're interacting with your car, any car built in the last 15 years, when you're using your Amazon Prime, when you're on Netflix, when you're on television, all of these things are leaving a digital footprint which is associated with your digital twin. When you go in the grocery store and you use your debit card or your credit card or your Apple Pay or whatever other means of digital currency you utilize to pay for your groceries or your clothes or your beer or whatever it is, you are leaving a digital footprint which is assigned and attached to your digital twin. When you're logging into Twitter, into Facebook, into YouTube, into any website in which you have a subscription or you visit, you are leaving a digital footprint which is attached to your digital twin. Now, across these various websites, within a store where you may use a rewards card or at the gas station where you have a rewards card or your credit card where you get miles to fly, you are being incentivized, you are being gamified in order to add data to your digital twin by way of your digital footprint. And so, in a sense, we are already living in the matrix. We are already operating within the metaverse. It just isn't completely centralized yet, or at least centralized in the sense that they've told you that it's centralized. See, everything on the internet is really connected. Therefore, we are already centralized. We just don't realize it. If you download an app, I happen to have an iPhone, so out of the Apple store, it will ask you whether or not you would like to grant permission to that app developer to collect certain data on you, or whether or not you're going to allow them to track you across other applications. And that is because you are leaving this digital footprint that is assigned and attached to your digital twin. When the full Web 3, the full Web 3, the third iteration of, uh, of the Internet comes out, you will be assigned the equivalent of a social security number, which will allow you to access the gateway, the Internet, which then will allow you to access everything else, applications, software, websites, streaming services, uh, Amazon, and such. And you will have effectively your actual digital twin, which will be yourself that lives inside of the matrix and that will be the beginning of the eventual creation of your mind twin your digital twin that will live inside of the cyber world and so we're already there they just haven't pushed it far enough yet where they're connecting your digital driver's license which 
already is being rolled out in Florida, in Texas, and other places. They haven't assigned that yet and attached it to your social security number, attached it to your passport, and then attached it to all of your debit and credit cards, attached it to your Venmo, your PayPal, your Google Wallet, your Apple Pay, attached it to your Coinbase account, your other crypto wallets. They haven't attached it yet to your login and password to Twitter and Facebook and Snapchat and TikTok and YouTube and Google and everything else but that is what is coming and they will roll that out as they always do under the guise of protecting your identity and protecting you against identity theft you can already see the beginning phases of this occurring they are in the middle of the problem reaction solution situation the setup the hegelian dialect in which they utilize over and over again so that is coming and as i said as, as i was at the store and putting in uh, my wife's phone number to get some discounts at the store and i figure they're tracking me anyway at this point that's that's my mentality they're tracking me anyway i'm gonna save five ten fifteen dollars on the uh, on the discounts because in, unless you're completely paying with cash, unless you're wearing a mask covering your face when you go into the store so the cameras aren't scanning you. And folks, if you haven't heard of this, it's actually come back up in some new research that Maria Albanese and I are doing some stuff she talked about on the Thomas Paine podcast a couple of Fridays ago. Uh, Clearview AI, which is a company that was started in part um well we'll we'll get into that later but clearview ai does facial scans of pretty much everyone everywhere collects data from all of the applications like facebook and twitter and they were marketing it to police departments state police federal police and the what it did is it allowed them to basically take a picture of your face and then that would pull up all of your social media contacts. It would pull up all of your profiles on the internet. And so your face is already attached to your digital footprint. Again, they just haven't announced it yet. So when you go in the grocery store and everywhere you walk now, there's an Amazon ring camera, every other house, you're being scanned and you're being processed and you're having algorithms run against your identity constantly so we are already in sort of this augmented reality matrix in which there are so many devices connected into the internet of things and the internet of all things and who knows some humans may already be connected to the internet of bodies they definitely are if they're wearing smart watches fitbits any of these wearables that are tracking your heart rate tracking your blood pressure whatever you are already connected up to the internet of bodies other people and you know who i'm referring to may as well uh be connected we just don't know that for certain yet and so we are in this matrix and what we're going to do in this show now is we're going to continue with Lars Butler of the AI Foundation, because now I am going to show you a little bit more on his background, 
right? So we went over Tryon Worlds, his video game background, uh, the fact that he was a leading force in this metaverse 10 years ago. Now he's the head of the metaverse at AI Foundation. I already teased you a little bit with his connections to NSA uh, former head Keith Alexander and his connections into um, IP3 International, which is all connected into the Trump administration and General Michael Flynn. And so I'm going to show you a little bit more into his bio, and then we're going to get into some video of Lars Butler explaining the Mind Twin technology. And then we're going to look at the celebrities who have already lined up to allow themselves to be mind twinned. And it is mind blowing, folks. The mind twins are mind blowing because during my research over the last 24 hours, I found so many, so many CEOs and uh, big influencers who have already said and stated publicly that they are transhumanists and they look forward to Ray Kurzweil's dream of immortality. So when I get back, we will tackle Lars Butler and his gang of merry little t- <laughs> and his gang of merry little mind twins. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be right back right here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dustin Gold right here on the Dustin Gold Standard. How are all my little peasants doing? My little plebeians. Are you looking forward to uploading your mind to the AI hive mind neocortex? I know I'm not, that's for sure. All right, folks, let's just jump right into this because I don't want uh, this episode to run too long. And this is a lot of information we have to take in. So right now up on the screen for the audio only audience, I am showing Lars Butler's personal website, Lars Butler with two T's dot co dot co. And so if you remember, we went through Lars uh, biography before I've used a few different sources because his biography is different on LinkedIn than it is on AI Foundation, than it is on IP3. Uh, he's got a lot of bios from events he spoke at. So I found this one, which is on like an old style website, which is his personal website. And I just want to catch you up. So this is the man who is responsible for developing this mind twin uh, technology. And as I explained to you before, there was sort of this process or this software called MindQuest, which was the process in which you were kind of uploading your consciousness to the mind twin cloud. And so you say, well, he came out of video games and now he's dabbling in uh, deep fake videos, dabbling in deep fake audio, dabbling in this artificial intelligence. But he is so much more 
than that. This is not just some video game nerd. It says right here, Lars Butler is the founding partner of Madison Sandhill, a revolutionary technology investment firm funding great breakout companies from seed round to creation of new global markets and platforms of unprecedented size. Wow, it sounds like he's competing with InQtel, the CIA's hedge fund. Now, if you remember, we dug deep into InQtel over the last couple of episodes as well, and I wanted to do that because in the end, you're going to see it's going to be a running theme. There's generally a few different entities behind all of these companies that we find in the tech sector, and that would be InQtel, which we found out, I showed you, uh, was getting money from the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, and the Department of Defense, as well as black budget money. And so InQtel pops up a lot as being invested in and partners with these tech companies. As we showed you, there's over... 300 companies listed on InQtel's website, which are in their current portfolio. And then we found you articles where they were talking about how InQtel has another 100 or so companies they're partnered with that are not publicized because the owners of those companies don't want people to know that they're partnered with intelligence. So who really knows how many companies are out there? And then the other person who keeps popping up is Peter Thiel. Uh, of and his group Founders Fund, which is actually one of the original investors behind Clearview AI, which I mentioned before. Let's continue with our friend uh, Lars Butler here. So it says, Dr. Butler, and by the way, I did some research. Very difficult to find a background bio on Lars Butler. If anyone has one, you know, please send it to me at gold at pain.tv so I can vet it and then I will use it in a show. Um, it says Dr. Butler is also chairman of the executive committee of Ben's National Security and Tech, uh, Cyber and Technology Council and advisor to IronNet Cybersecurity, founded by General Keith Alexander, former head of the NSA and U.S. Cyber Command. So you say, well, this guy was in video games, early stages of the metaverse. Now he has AI Foundation, and he's focused on the mind-twinning software, which allows one to upload their consciousness to the cloud. Well, wow, he's also involved with this executive committee of Ben's National Cyber and Technology Council. Well, gee, what is that? Well, let's take a look right here at this PDF that I found at Ben's, B-E-N-S, Ben's.org. This was a 2015 leadership report, Business Executives for National Security. And so um, you flip through here. It's kind of like a PowerPoint, really nicely designed, really professional. 2015 Ben's Leadership Report. It's a letter from the president and CEO, right? And they talk about national security is no longer the sole responsibility of the federal government, but rather the responsibility of all citizens. This is General Norton A. Schwartz, U.S. Air Force retired, president and CEO of Ben's. And then you go down this list and we have chairman Bruce E. Mosler, uh, Cushman and Wakefield Inc. We've got founding chairman Stanley A. Weiss, vice chairman. Uh, and you've got 
all these different people that sit on this council from different companies. You have people in here from military, uh, military contractors. I don't know, even the president and CEO of 7-Eleven is here. Maybe they talk about Slurpees or something at this conference. But you've got uh, people from Trident Capital, Rourke Capital Group. You've got all these different people. William Flynn, president and CEO of Atlas Air Worldwide Holdings. And so you've got all these military guys, all these contractors. I'm not going to go through all of these for you. We could probably do a whole show on this alone, but this this kind of stuff, it's, it's really not worth it. Um, and then so you go through here at the advisory council, and then it's got pictures of generals sitting at the table with guys in business suits. Um, then you've got a letter in here from founding member Stanley Weiss. And so as you go down, then it's got Ben Cyber and Tech Council. And here's the part with Butler, formally established in October 2014, the Ben Cyber and Tech Council spearheads and coordinates Ben's work across cybersecurity and technology issues. Throughout 2015, the council served as the impetus for Ben's engagements related to these issues. They included internet governance, an engagement with U.S. European Command on cybersecurity and public-private partnerships in the Republic of Moldova. A visit to Microsoft's Digital Crimes Unit and Ben's input, a national-level research and development plan on cybersecurity, right? So what did I just say? I just pointed out there, first off, this is 2015, and they were talking about what? The public-private partnerships that Donald Trump turned into a sort of a household brand. He brought it into the American lexicon, uh, lexicon, the public-private partnerships that we were supposed to love so much. So in 2015, these guys are talking about the public-private partnership, which is government in bed with the corporations ready to screw you over. As I brought up before, when the government doesn't want to get its hands dirty or uh, it, it can't, but it's, it's not about constitution and constitutional issues because the government doesn't care about that. Almost everything involved with government today that we are interfacing with is unconstitutional. So it has nothing to do with like, well, the government has to use the private sector to do the things that it constitutionally can't do. It's the things it doesn't really want to do, and then it uses its puppets to do it. So if they want to put sneeze guards up in all the grocery stores, the government is not going to march in with military guys to put up sneeze guards. They are just going to use their private private sector partners to put up the sneeze guards and enforce COVID regulations, let's say during COVID, right? And so that's how the high school theater COVID land, the production was rolled out across the country because all of the private sector partners were already on board with the government through things like the Ben Cyber and Tech Council, through things like World Economic Forum, through the Chamber of Commerce and others. They are just extensions of the government itself. The other thing they mentioned is a visit to Microsoft's digital crimes unit. You see Bill Gates and Microsoft also come up everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. And so it says the council is led by Silicon Valley uh, stalwart Dr. Lars Butler, managing director of Madison Sandhill Capital. And so there you go, Lars Butler 
is the managing director of Madison Sandhill Capital at the time, and he leads the Ben Cyber and Tech Council. So this guy, Lars Butler, is not just some video game geek, not some tech nerd that just programmed a video game that got popular. He is tied in to high-level cybersecurity organizations in which he sits on the board and he oversees councils that have high-level ex-military and intelligence on them. And that's why, as I jump back to his bio, where it says he's the uh, chairman of the executive committee of Ben's, and advisor to IronNet Cybersecurity, founded by General Keith Alexander, former head of the NSA and the U.S. Cyber Command. I don't want to get in to IronNet Cybersecurity right now because I will go down that rabbit hole, but Lars Butler is partnered with Keith Alexander, former head of the NSA, on several projects, including with IP3 International, which is involved with uh, was, which was part of the Trump White House, which is this program in which we were going to sell nuclear reactors to Saudi Arabia and then take the waste material and ship it off to Russia. And that came up during the Trump raid again, saying that, uh, implying that there was some information found in the safes of Donald Trump that connected to this IP3 scandal. And as I mentioned to you before, the late Congressman Elijah Cummings, I'm no fan of his, ran a congressional committee in which they investigated it. And out of that, there was a 50-some-odd page report, which I reviewed with Maria Albanese of the Thomas Paine podcast uh, many years ago. And that's when we realized how dirty General Michael Flynn was. And so in this bio here on Lars Butler's website, we will just continue briefly. Let me let me just see if we can flip forward for a second. Let me just show you this IP3 International uh, website. So on here you have Dr. Lars Butler is the director of IP3 International. Still on there. So regardless of the Elijah Cummings investigation, a little bit of heat that this this little group IP3 took a few years ago in the press, and now, uh, since it came back up under the Trump raid, uh, none of these people have taken their names off of the website, so there's obviously no shame, no worry, but you notice how the media doesn't really blow up the IP3 story, although they used it to attack Trump, but they never go on the IP3international.com website and then tie that back to Trump to really turn it into a major story. Someone is trying to hide something. But that is not the point of this show today. I just want to show you these high-level connections that Lars Butler has so you don't think he's just some video game pipsqueak. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back right here on Payne.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Payne.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Untangling the web 
That is Lars Butler and his high-level intelligence and military connections. Just a lowly little video game nerd focusing on helping celebrities and influencers upload their minds to the Ray Kurzweil hive mind. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Dustin Gold, and I am back here on Pain.TV with the Dustin Gold standard. And so before the break... We were talking about Dr. Butler, and we were showing that he is listed as the director on IP3International.com. And for those of you on the video side, you will be able to see this. If you want to see the video, you can join us at pain.tv slash gold and join for the price of one beer at the local bar, which I need. I haven't drank uh since February 13th, we found out my wife was pregnant. And um, as a responsible gentleman and a loving husband, I started doing my research. I said, well, you know, women are supposed to get moody during pregnancy. I apologize, feminists out there. I didn't mean to say that. You're equal. We're all equal. And so I said, oh, I want to avoid any confrontation. I don't want to be fighting with my wife. And so one of the big things during pregnancy is resentment. Like, uh, you can drink wine and I cannot. So I said, you know, I am not going to drink. So I hadn't drank since February 13th. Then I went to Poland and her father uh, wanted me to drink with him. Her father and then her uh, uncle. And she said, you have to do this. So I had a few drinks. And luckily... They were uh, kind gentlemen, and they did not make me get blasted, which I do not have time to do these days. Honestly, yesterday I went to two barbecues. I had my neighbor's barbecue, a uh, really nice guy, and then I had came over here to my house and hosted a barbecue for a few friends we had invited when we got back from Poland, and believe it or not, I did not have a sip. Everyone else was wasted, including my wife. I'm kidding. She does not drink, but our but our unborn baby does. He's a full-blown alcoholic. No, folks, he is not. All right, so for the video audience, I'm going to flip back here now because I want to blow your mind. And for the audio audience, don't worry, I will walk you through this. So I'm going to go back a page from Lars Butler's profile on ip3international.com. And what do we have here, folks? This is the IP3 Founders and Management. And one of the people you will not find on here is General Michael Flynn, who was an advisor and a strategist and a contractor with IP3, as well as KT McFarlane, who was in the Trump White House, who goes back to the Reagan years and was a regular on Fox News. I don't know about anymore because I don't watch Fox News ever. I don't even watch reruns. I don't watch clips. I don't watch any Tucker Carlson pieces that people put on Twitter or Facebook or anywhere else. I don't like them. I know that they are propagandists for the government. I know they come out of uh, Operation Mockingbird and such, so I don't want anything to do with the information that they put out there. I can find my own resources. So, like this one, IP3 International. Now, we know this is not fake news because they have a website promoting it. But let me just read you this again. This is to show you and to illustrate to you before we move on and you see Lars Butler on stage with demos of his mind twins and his deepfakes. I don't want you to discount him as some kook, some just some crazy guy. He is kooky. He is crazy, but he wields power 
and he has influence. So IP3 founders and management. The founders of IP3 came together to build a network of highly respected companies ready to address the essential role of energy in preserving peace and prosperity across the globe. These executives with extensive expertise and strong relationships among governments and businesses borrow lessons from the defense acquisition process to improve how we will build and maintain critical infrastructure. Folks, this is what the public-private partnership a bunch of government hacks now partnered with the private sector and they're going to go out there and make a ton of money together because they love us and because they're just looking out for the citizens of the United States. They love us. They really love us, right? IP3 adapts proven approaches to financing procurements for large-scale long-term infrastructure. Its founders are committed to improving prospects for nuclear energy to provide clean, affordable electricity and heat reliably and safely wherever it is needed. Now, in normal circumstances, you would say, okay, These guys are going to make a bunch of money, but so what? They are taking care of something for us. They're going to provide us with electricity. This just happens to be a big deal for me, and we'll get into this on a later show because it was tied directly into the Trump White House and there was a lot of corruption that went on. But right now, our focus is showing you that these guys picked Lars Butler, this video game geek, right, to be their director. So he obviously wields much more power than just some inventor of Super Mario Brothers, which he is not, but I'm just saying, as some uh, pinball geek. So let's just look at this, this board of directors, the founders and the, um, and the management. Honorable Robert Bud McFarlane. So Honorable... Rod Bublik, for, oh, unfortunately, they don't have the bio on him. We have General Retired John M. Jack Keene, U.S. Army. You have seen him all over Fox News for many years. He's a co-founder and director. And so General Keene is one of the most renowned U.S. national security leaders committed to improving the safety and security of U.S. and its allies. We're not going to go deep into this. We'll do it when we do an IP3 show. General retired Keith Alexander, U.S. Army, co-founder and director. And Keith Alexander, how does he connect to Butler besides IP3? Butler also sits on his company, IronNet, and they both are part of Benz. Okay, it says here, General Alexander is one of the foremost U.S. leaders in bringing advanced technology to bear on the world's most critical security issues. As the first commander, U.S. Cyber Command from 2010 to 2014, and the 16th director of National Security Agency uh, from 2005 to 2014. Um, so as you see, like the, these guys are really big. Now let me just mention a few more. Rear Admiral retired Michael Hewitt, U.S. Navy. Admiral retired Eric Olson, U.S. Navy. General retired James Cartwright, U.S. Marine Corps. You've got Annie Chan, Ambassador Georgette Mossbatcher. You've got Honorable Mike Rogers. Who is Mike Rogers, you ask? Mr. Rogers served from 
2001 to 2015 as a member of the U.S. House of Representatives from Michigan's 8th Congressional District. From 2011 to 2015, he chaired the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence. Mr. Rogers served as National Security uh, senior advisor to the Trump transition team, where he worked to develop and guide policy planning prior to the president's assumption of the Oval Office. Right, Mike Rogers, you probably heard of him. There's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into that right now. Then you have IP3 has cultivated a management team with experience and skills necessary to find new approaches to implement the carbon-free energy solutions that nuclear energy will make possible you have rear admiral retired michael hewitt honorable alan dunn and then uh this guy stephen solomon is the chief financial officer with a giant head like carl rove but in this mix you've got dr lars butler the director so how does the video game man get himself put on here as uh, a director of ip3 international I don't know, folks. I don't know. Maybe you can answer that question for me. But what we are showing you is that this man, again, somehow put in charge of this Artificial Intelligence Foundation to work on the technologies needed to upload these elites' consciousness to the cloud is sitting on a company with ties connected to corruption to the trump white house with all of these military and intelligence guys now i'm going to pull up lars butler's linkedin profile we're going to move past ip3 although i could do hours on ip3 but let's go into linkedin here and there's a part in here yes okay and this comes up in several of his biographies linkedin it says uh, butler also served as a member of the investment team at carlisle group a premier global asset manager and as co-creator of wingcast europe and signet the intelligent car joint venture blah 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 of a bunch of different things but wait you say carlisle group should jump right out at you so we go over to wikipedia and we're taking a look at carlisle group and it says right here the carlisle group is an american multinational private equity alternative asset management and financial services corporation with 376 billion with a b 376 billion dollars of assets under management Right, so now you've got this guy Butler. He was a member of the investment team at Carlisle Group, serves as director of IP3 International with all of these military and intelligence gentlemen. And his background was in video games, which now looking in hindsight, you could see he was helping lay the foundation for the metaverse and now he's at the top of this ai foundation as the head of metaverse helping to develop the mind twinning technologies so how does this all connect but let's look a little deeper into carlisle group because it may help us answer some questions about mr butler's background um carlisle group specializes in private equity real estate and private credit one of the largest mega funds in the world 2015 carlisle was the world's largest private equity firm by capital 
raised over the previous five years, according to the PE 300 index through 2020, it had slipped into second place. And it goes on to uh, founded in 87 in Washington, D.C. by William E. Conway. We're going to get into this in a second. Uh, Carlisle. Carlisle's corporate private equity business has been one of the largest investors in leveraged buyout transactions over the decade uh, 2004 to 2014. Uh, Carlisle was invested in Meadline Industries, Accolade Wines, Booz Allen Hamilton, right, which we found out was a huge contractor of the NSA, and that was all tied into the Edward Snowden story that came out, what, a decade ago now? Um, they're involved with the United States uh, defense and all kinds of stuff. So we're going to jump right back in to the Carlisle Group when we come back for the break because I want to show you the rest of these connections before I introduce you once again to a video of Butler, but this time showing his mind twin technology in practice ladies and gentlemen i am dustin gold this is the dustin gold standard and i will be right back on pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the dustin gold standard on Ping.tv. All right, my happy little gold pillars, my Ping.tv crew. We are back on the Dustin Gold Standard, and we are just cruising right through Lars Butler, the founder of AI Foundation's Business Connections. And let me jump right into the next article. I don't want to waste really much time here, folks, because this stuff is just very important. I had to go back to 2001 here. I just wanted to show you how deep these roots go. So this is a Guardian article uh, from September 11th, 2001. Are you serious? September 11, 2001, the Ex-Presidents Club, it's called. Wow, that's kind of freaky, actually. September 11, 2001. Okay, the Ex-Presidents Club. This is, wow, this is, that that just gave me chills, sort of. But, uh, it says, um, it is hard to imagine an address closer to the heart of American power. The offices of the Carlisle Group are on Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., midway between the White House and the Capitol Building, and within a stone's throw of the headquarters of the FBI and numerous government departments. So, Lars Butler, again... Just repeat this, because you need to get this into your head. This this guy, Lars Butler, we watched him on that Bloomberg interview from 10 years ago, where he is the head of Tryon Worlds, a video game company, building Second Life and immersive video games, and laying the foundation for the metaverse concepts and the idea of leaving reality, leaving the natural world to escape into your second life, to escape into an immersive 
different world, an ever-changing world, as he says. And he also said, once you basically do it, you're going to be addicted to it and you don't leave it. Well, this gentleman was also involved with the Carlisle Group, partnered with Keith Alexander, former head of the NSA and Cyber Command, at various different companies and organizations, sat as a chairman of the Ben Cyber Council uh, with military, sits as director of IP3 International with a bunch of former military and intelligence officers. So this guy is obviously super influential, super powerful, and obviously knowledgeable and trusted within that community because they would never allow him to be this close to power unless he was, I don't know, one of them? Yeah, I think one of them. So let's continue with this article here. The address reflects Carlisle's position at the very center of the Washington establishment, but amid the frenetic politicking that has occupied the higher reaches of that world in recent weeks. Few have paid it much attention. Um, So let's go through here. It talks about, this is exactly the way Carlisle likes it. For 14 years now, with almost no publicity, remember this is from 2001, the company has been signing up an impressive list of former politicians, including the first President Bush and his Secretary of State, James Baker. Well, the first President Bush, what was he? Do you remember? Not just Vice President to Ronald Reagan before that. He was director of the CIA. So he was director of the CIA. Now he's sitting on the Carlisle Group. They've got John Major, one-time World Bank treasurer, Afson, um, a psyche, blah, 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 something. Anyway, this is going to show you uh, who is involved with Carlisle Group, of which Butler was part of their investment team. Uh, it says that Carlisle uh, helping encourage investments from the very wealthy while also smoothing the path for Carlisle's defense firms. But since the start of the war on terrorism, in quotes, the firm, unofficially valued at $3.5 billion, that was at the time, has taken on added significance. Remember, we just heard that they're managing over $350 billion in assets now. Carlisle's become the thread which indirectly links American military policy in Afghanistan to the personal financial fortunes of its celebrity employees, not least the current president's father, President Bush. And until earlier this month, Carlisle provided another curious link to the Afghan crisis. Among the firm's multi-million dollar investors were former members of the family of Osama bin Laden. Right? So this is the Carlisle group. Now, I'm going to skip past this article and bring you over to its uh, Outlook India. And this article was uh, from, is this August 25th, 2022? I think 
That might be a mistake, but it doesn't matter. It says, the strange career of Frank Carlucci. Hey, Frank Carlucci. It says, the career trajectory of the chairman of the Carlisle Group through the government and into private industry reveals much about the meaning and influence of the military industrial complex one of our favorite things here at the gold the dust and gold standard i love the military industrial complex they are wonderful people and so this one goes on to say that carlisle has uh, bush appointees but also international figures like john major former prime minister of great britain and fidel ramos the former president of the philippines the chairman of the Carlisle Group, Frank Carlucci, was not only a former Secretary of Defense in the Reagan administration, but a deputy director of the CIA during the Carter administration. You see, why does, why, why when we're investigating these technologies, these technocratic systems, these technologies that provide these lunatics with their quest for immortality, either through hacking and genetically modifying the biological natural life body, or by using technology to upload their minds into cyberspace and build a second life metaverse. Why do we keep finding our government, and make no mistake, our government is not us. We're told, well, the government is you, and the representatives there represent you. This is a representative constitutional republic. Well, over the last half a century, we were told to call it a democracy, which it is not, but a constitutional republic, which it is not. But we keep pulling back the curtain by connecting these people together, the money, the financing, the technologies that grew out of government departments, and now directly with InQtel and the CIA investing, investing directly into these companies. And then we see people at the head of these companies placed there at the head of AI Foundation like Lars Butler, whose background is working on the investment team for the Carlisle Group whose chairman was the deputy director of the CIA, was the former secretary of defense, sitting on there with uh, a former president who was a former director of the CIA. Our government is behind all of this. The CIA money flows through all of these technology companies. Therefore, is it not... Is it not a fair assessment to say that our government is funding technocratic genocide? Our government is spearheading the replacement of humans through artificial intelligence and robots while at the same time claiming to be a constitutional representative government do you understand that do you see why i had to dig through all of this stuff with all these different companies including instacart the nation's largest grocery app 
why I've had to show you in QTEL behind everything, why I had to show you that all of these guys have CIA money, government money flowing into their companies, that all of them seem to be partnered in one way or another to Peter Thiel, the owner of Founders Fund who injects money into these companies, who is the owner of Palantir, which was started with InQtel money. Palantir, which is an AI, artificial intelligence system, developed supposedly to track down terrorists through their financial transactions. But then in 2018, it was primed and ready to go and signed a contract with the IRS under the Trump administration to start tracking American citizens and all of their financial transactions. Do you see that it's always this government money, this CIA money? And as we showed you, it's not just CIA. It's CIA, FBI, Department of Defense, and NSA money flowing through InQtel. Totally out in the open. Total public knowledge. They have a website. Every top reporter, every Operation Mockingbird reporter that works for the government has written about it. They're not hiding it. But every time we pull back the curtain... The Wizard of Oz is the government. The Wizard of Oz is the CIA. The government is backing all of these people. Look at Artificial Intelligence Foundation, Lars Buller. We would say Peter Thiel came in and led his first investment round. Peter Thiel, Palantir, CIA, and many other government affiliations and contracts, comes in and backs Butler. You go, why would he back Butler? Well, look at Butler's background. IP3 International sits on the board with all these intelligence guys, all these military. Carlisle Group, investment team, was sitting on there working for a guy who was former deputy director of the CIA and defense secretary under Ronald Reagan. Sitting on there with people like President George Bush, former director of the CIA. See, it's always connected back, folks always connects back to the government. So we have to stop thinking at a micro level that there's a bunch of little tech nerds like Bill Gates and Lars Butler and Peter Thiel and Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg running around doing crazy stuff. No, at the macro level, they're all working for the government. They're puppets of the government. These Silicon Valley tech firms are puppets of the government. They are, the the government is the incubator that then creates these businesses. And then you have what is called the private-public partnership. It just means extensions of the government with the umbrella and the protections of a private company. That's all it is. It's the government itself wearing a big fat COVID mask covering their face. And behind that COVID mask, behind that COVID mask with the logo of Neuralink, the logo of AI Foundation, the logo of SpaceX, the logo of Google. When you take off that COVID mask behind it, the face is the face of our own government. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and I'll be back right here on Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. 
Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, folks, this is Dustin Gold. Back here at the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. That last segment was good. We tied it all together, folks. I showed you the boogeyman. I showed you the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. I mean, we know it. We talk about it. We throw it around out there. But I think here at the Dustin Gold Standard, we have proven it that in this technological technocracy, Behind the curtain is the United States government funding it, controlling it, promoting it, and partnered with it through the public-private partnership of which it controls. Now, I'm going to show you something, and I think I am going to do an entire, maybe an hour on this. Maybe I'll do a special instead of a full episode. I don't want to spend a whole episode, but I want to show you. So this is an article written... Written by the man who is the head of mind twinning and who came out of the Tryon World's video games. But after I showed you his connections to the Carlisle Group, his connections to IP3 International, his connections to Ben's cybersecurity, his connections to Keith Alexander, former head of the NSA's IronNet. This will probably make sense to you, but this is an article written in September 2016 by this, this just this nice gentleman who works with celebrities and he's helping them build mind twins of themselves, which we will see shortly because we are going to review um, a couple of videos. But this article is the 42 reasons why killer robots are unstoppable and how we must lead in artificial intelligence and autonomous weapons. Folks, this is written by Lars Butler, the video game guy, the head of the cutesy little mind-twinning artificial intelligence foundation. This is an article, The 42 Reasons Why Killer Robots Are Unstoppable and How We Must Lead in Artificial Intelligence and Autonomous Weapons. I found a little on his background. Uh, it looks like in an interview he did admit he comes from Germany. Not much else about him, but uh, he's into artificial intelligence and autonomous weapons. Yet all of these celebrities who appear to be pacifists, uh, you know, people like Deepak Chopra and... Uh, and Richard Branson and Barack Obama and others work with him. All these people that are supposed to be these anti-war pacifists are partnered with a guy, not just partnered, they're letting this madman and participating in uploading their consciousness to his cloud, to his cloud, to his mind twin mind quest software. And yet he's writing articles. This is six years ago. Easily to find this. And he's writing an article about how we must lead in artificial intelligence and autonomous weapons. Oh, these protectors of peace. 
so powerful are they, these billionaires? They never call for the extinction and abolishing of artificial intelligence and robots. No, they develop them and then they tell you we need autonomous weapons. It says right here, being in Silicon Valley with regular trips to Washington, D.C. and Beijing, China. I spent a lot of time with top innovators in artificial intelligence, autonomy, robotics, cyber, and of course, gaming. The pioneer of many such technologies. See, gaming, the pioneer of many such technologies. And at Ben's and the National Cyber and Tech Council, we support the NSA, Cyber Command, the Department of Defense, the Department of Homeland Security, and the White House in aspects of cybersecurity and artificial intelligence autonomy. So did the guy who is building this technology to allow you, because you can, you can do it, they actually are doing these human trials as test pilots, to allow you to build a mind twin through his company, and this guy is sitting there and saying, you know, he supports the NSA, Cyber Command, the Department of Defense, the Department of Homeland Security, and the White House in aspects of cybersecurity and AI autonomy. It's crazy. I mean, would, would you give this guy your data, your thoughts, your memories, your knowledge? Would you willingly upload that to him? So it goes on to say, and in all this, one thing has become clear to me, quote, killer robots, end quote, a.k.a. autonomous weapons systems, AWS, at least partially outside of direct human control in actual combat roles are coming and there is no way we can stop them. Okay. Okay. There's no way we can stop them. Well, first off, if they know the killer robots are coming, these autonomous weapons systems. Hmm. So he's a leader in... Hang on, I'm just going to try to figure this out, folks. So Lars Butler is a leader in cybersecurity and AI autonomy. He sits on the Benz Council which supports the NSA, Cyber Command, DOT, Department of Homeland Security, and the White House. He is involved in companies with former head of the NSA, Keith Alexander. Hmm. He's connected to all of these generals and intelligence guys through him being a director at IP3 International to sell nuclear tech to Saudi Arabia and dump the waste product in Russia. And he's saying that killer robots are coming and there's no way we can stop them. Well, gee, I wonder why. Because him and his partners are building them. Who are the rogue states that are developing killer robots in which this man believes are going to be a threat and attack I guess the citizens of other countries in which he allies with, does he ally with Germany? Does he ally with the United States? I don't know. He said he goes back and forth from Silicon Valley to D.C. to Beijing, China. Is it China that he's afraid is going to use killer robots against us? Is it Russia? Is it North Korea? Maybe it's Bangladesh. What about Nigeria? Or maybe Guam is going to separate from the United States, declare 
their sovereignty and launch killer robots. No, it's the same exact thing that I had to point out with Elon Musk, where I showed you that that fork-tongued devil talks about the dangers of artificial intelligence, makes it seem inevitable that it's coming, and therefore he has to be the one to create it in order to keep a leash on it, and then developing a governing body of which him and his friends, who are developing this Frankenstein technology, get to sit on the board as governors themselves and govern the very technology that they're developing, that they claim is dangerous, and pretend that someone else is developing while at the same time admitting they're developing it it's a tongue twister it's like cat's cradle this twisted ball of yarn and butler you will see eventually he does the same thing with art uh with ai foundation and mind twinning and i showed you that actually during all of my emails back and forth with rob mallory at artificial intelligence uh artificial intelligence foundation I showed you that they were talking about how they don't want the technology to get out of hand and be used for bad purposes, and so they have this nonprofit that is developing safety measures to ensure that the images and likenesses of celebrities and influencers are not abused and of politicians so that we don't start world wars, yet they're building the technology. And these professors out of Max Planck Institute in Germany and out of University of Washington in Seattle are building the technology, yet then claiming that they are doing it to develop sensors to detect when the technology is misused. And Butler is saying right here that killer robots, autonomous weapon systems are inevitable. We cannot stop them. Well, they know this to be a fact because they are the ones building them. Who the hell do you think is building them? All the very people he says he supports through the Ben's National Cyber and Tech Council, the NSA, Cyber Command, DOD, Department of Homeland Security, and the White House. Okay, and we already showed you he's up to his eyeballs in the CIA. Right, so now he's writing an article about why we need to build killer robots and be leaders in autonomous weapons because they can't be stopped. Well, he's making the case, this is propaganda, to make the case for his friends to be able to build them to make sure that we have a way to defend ourselves against what would later be said to be China or Russia or North Korea or whichever willing boogeyman they're going to use on any given day. Like, oh, China developed a remote control vacuum cleaner, so we have to build a remote control bomb. This is how it always works, folks. It goes on to say, and the United States and our allies must lead, not follow this revolution, which is arguably even more critical to our security, liability, and prosperity than cybersecurity and nuclear deterrence. And so I'm going to flip through this right now for the video audience at pain.tv slash gold. And we're going to come back to this after. Now, look how long this is. This is literally, was it called 45 or 46 reasons, 42 reasons? I'm going down this. This is literally a bulleted list with a complex sentence 
for each of these 42 points. And so we're going to come back to this after I show you these videos with Lars Butler, and you can understand the mind-twinning technology that he's developing and see where he is with that. And I will be able to show you what I think may already be in practice using these mind twins outside of the test cases in which they admit to and they're willingly showcasing. I am going to actually show you some other stuff out there that I believe may be using deepfake video technology and mind twinning technology and then once you see that we're going to go back to this article which is why i brought it up now and you're going to see wow the guy who is running the mind twin of deepak chopra who i already showed you was building one of barack obama who built one of richard branson who built one of them of himself whose technology is already being embedded into other projects like the it was not called soul machines those very realistic cgi models which will be used in commercials instead of actors and then you're going to say wow this stuff is a lot more dangerous than i ever would have believed it was because dustin is right that Elon Musk and Lars Butler and the rest are working for the same people, for the CIA, the NSA, the military-industrial complex. They are part of the military-industrial complex. They're just making it look cute, and they're making it adoptable, so people want to adopt it. And then they create the problem, provoke the reaction, offer the solution, so they can continue to build this type of technology as they're moving forward into the technocratic dream of human genocide and the uploading of their consciousness to a cloud so that they could remain gods forever, gods of the new era, as Yuval Noah Harari, the king philosopher of the World Economic Forum, says. And so when we get back, I am going to show you a couple of videos and we're going to move this discussion forward and then I will show you that AI Foundation is up in full swing. They're literally hiring all kinds of engineers right now. They are moving at warp speed while we are just here talking about it, but I have to do this because it is my duty to catch you up on this and make you aware of the prison planet that you are living in. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard. I'll be right back on pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, folks, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard right here on pain.tv. And I just showed you who Lars Butler really is the influence that he really has, the type of projects he's really working on and what he is advocating for. And right now I'm gonna take you back in time a little bit. I decided that I am going to share 
for the first video, a video that I actually edited together about, it was probably maybe four years ago. And I put this video together as a demonstration uh, for a pitch to some animators that I was working with uh, with my entertainment company, William Gold Entertainment. And so Ben Campbell, who I introduced you to a couple of episodes ago, who was a voice artist that I managed, who was phenomenal, dead-on voices of Barack Obama, Donald Trump, uh, Chris Christie. He could do almost any politician. He also um, could impersonate tons of celebrities. Phenomenal guy, really smart, really hard worker. And so Ben and I were really pushing to try to get a hold of this deep fake technology. I knew about it because I had watched a lot of videos, but I'm not inherently a, a programmer. I don't understand. I mean, I understand the concepts of this technology but not how difficult it is to create. So let me just explain this to you because you're going to want to know this as we move forward so you understand the technology that we're dealing with and what we're talking about. And so as I break it down, I call it um, deepfake video, which you've probably seen this around, and I'll break that down for you in a second. Deepfake audio, which that is not the name. That's what I call it. I'm making it simplified for you deep fake video deep fake audio just think of it as fake and deep right and then you have what we would call the mind twin or i i used to call it the uh ai brain uh as rob mallory referred to all this is like an f-35 fighter plane and then there's these different parts like the engine and so with deep fake video at the time there was when i made this there was basically two Two types of AI video that or deepfake video that would have pertained to what we were trying to do. So one was called a face swap. And you can do the face swaps um, using like Snapchat and some of those type of apps that are out there where you will shoot a video of your face live and then it will overlay an image or a 3D graphic or in some cases you could say go cut out on Photoshop a picture of Barack Obama and get it to kind of fit your face and so it'll kind of snap and conform around your face. Now, the consumer versions of these are not great but basically someone like Ben Campbell, he does this now. He could do an Obama voice right into his phone camera and it will basically pull the Obama image he has, the photograph of Obama's face, the portrait, kind of wrap it on his face. And it looks rough, but the voice is good. And, you know, for, you know, a $100 video or something, it's funny. And then there was the, the true deepfake video, which uses a lot of um, really high-end computer because it needs a lot of memory, a lot of RAM to be able to process these videos. But basically what they would do, and then there was, there was two wings to this at the time. They would take a video of the source video of, say, 20 seconds of, let's use Barack Obama as an example, 20 seconds of Barack Obama, say, giving an address from the Oval Office. So you get a good kind of straight-to-camera shot of Barack Obama. And then you would have what's called the target. And so you would take someone like Ben who would sit uh, in front of a webcam and he would do his impression. As Barack Obama, you know, we're going to start World War III. Uh, let me be clear, World War III is awesome, dude. And so you would 
have him shoot that, and then you would use the computer that would take the 20-second clip of Obama and basically break it down into millions of parts, and then that would eventually be rendered to then match the facial expressions and kind of mouth movements of Ben speaking into the webcam, and you'd end up with a deep fake video of Barack Obama. So it would look like Obama because it's developed off that source video of him, but the movements would kind of come from the tracking on the web camera uh, video of Ben, and then you would have um ben's voice through it then there was another version of that uh that that version i just talked about came out of the max planck institute in germany then you had sort of this university of washington model where they were loading just voice into the system and then the obama sort of deep fake puppet that came from the source video would then be able to speak those words and the expressions and stuff would come from the video and at the time it wasn't fully developed so then they would have sort of cgi computer graphics guys go in there and sort of tweak the videos to refine the mouth and refine the eye movements and such and then what we call the the deep fake audio is at the end eventually replacing people like ben campbell so you no longer need a voice artist and impressionist to do the voices because the same sense where you take the source video of obama to make the digital puppet you would take say a 20 30 50 second audio clip of obama and then be able to build an entire library so that the artificial intelligence could actually speak like barack obama like skinning your siri or your alexa with a new voice and so that was what I call deepfake audio. And then the third is the mind twin or what I used to call the AI brain. And that is where they are actually developing uh, through, you know, uh, video clips, audio podcasts, books and such, a library on the person they want to mimic through artificial intelligence and or with the cooperation of that person, like we were told Barack Obama was going to do with this artificial uh, intelligence foundation project or as deepak chopra richard branson and others have already done where they're essentially training the machine as they're uploading their consciousness and they're doing this at a very micro level now macro will be when they put the Neuralink brain chip into your head and suck the data out of your head and transfer it up into the cloud onto the server so I'm going to show you this video that features some face swap technology, some deep fake technology, because I want you to see when it landed on my radar back when Rob Mallory of the AI Foundation was trying to recruit us to help train the Mind Twins, what the technology was at. Because when you start to see the first iterations of this Mind Twin, there's always going to be a realistic face uh, a, a, a copy, a twin of a celebrity, so that they can take the AI brain, the mind twin, and run it through this digital puppet to make it more palatable and to get around the creep factor. Because you go, wow, that's funny. It is just like Deepak Chopra, where eventually 
that mind twin is going to work within this immersive second world metaverse. So let me show this to you. I think it's important. Um, sometimes I skip over this kind of stuff because I made it so long ago and I have to stop assuming that you've seen this before because I am teaching you about it. And over the last 15 episodes, I've been teaching myself to be a better teacher. So let me play this for you. This is hell. That's what it is. It's hell. Okay, so for the audio audience, what you're watching right now is a side-by-side of uh, the, I forgot her name now, the lady that was uh, plays a lot of the political characters on Saturday Night Live. So she was playing Lindsey Graham, and then a programmer who I had found on Reddit to do some demos for us, had sent me these as demos, and they took Lindsey Graham, it's a side-by-side of the actress uh, playing Lindsey Graham, next to the deep-faked face swap, where they literally laid Lindsey Graham's face over the top of her face, and these ones are actually very, very professional. They're really good. So let me play through a couple of these. I think there's Lindsey Graham, Tucker Carlson, maybe a couple of others. Is this hell to you, Joe Carlo? Well, it's, it's pretty bad. It is hell. Now, Janine, I'm going to smugly ask a question that I already know the answer to. And a warning to our viewers, my voice will get very high. Right, so that was Tucker Carlson, and before that was Lindsey Graham. Now, those voices are coming from the Saturday Night Live actors. Those are just clips that they took from the Saturday Night Live TV show and then overlaid the face swaps. So you're hearing the voice of the actor. You're not hearing the deep fake audio. And so now this is Alec Baldwin as Donald Trump with the Donald Trump face swap overlay. But it's clear something has to change. We have to take a hard look at mental health, which I have so much of. I have one of the healthiest mentals. My fellow Americans. Okay, now this one we're watching is a face swap technology over the top of a gentleman named John D. Domenico. And I actually used to represent him. He played Donald Trump in a lot of my live shows. And then he also had done some video projects for us. He was a character actor who had a lot of different wigs. He did, uh, you know, Captain Jack Sparrow, Dr. Phil, Billy Mays. So he did a very good Donald Trump, and this is a test project someone did using him. After serious consideration, I have decided to resign from the office. Right, and now they're showing a split screen with John's face on one side and then overlaid with Trump on the other side. Of the president. I'm sorry. I had no idea it would be this tough. Nobody told me it would be this difficult to be presidenting. No one knew. No one had any idea how tough it was to be president. I don't know. Okay, now what we're going to show you, this is a deepfake video utilizing a source video of Barack Obama, and then in it, you have the actor, I think, uh, Jordan Peele, who was on uh, Comedy Central and such, and so they utilized Jordan Peele's voice into this, so this is not a face swap, this is actually a deepfake using source video of Obama, but putting someone else's voice into his mouth. Killmonger was right. 
or uh, and now and now on the screen i am showing you some of the original uh test videos out of the max planck institute in germany and so they have a live voice actor uh or an actor just moving his face on screen as george bush's face the real george bush they show the uh, source video and then the reenactment video is actually moving his mouth around so i'm showing that as the obama is playing to show you where the technology originated from ben carson is in the sunken place or how about this simply president trump okay and up now i show another actor moving his mouth around as the donald trump source video is being manipulated in real time again as the obama video is playing Trump is a total and complete dipshit now you see i would never say these things at least not in a public address but someone else would someone like jordan peele Okay, and then that goes to a split screen of the side-by-side of the Barack Obama-manipulated video and Jordan Peele, the actor, to show you that it's two different people. So that was very important, I think, for you guys to see that because you're seeing the origins of the face swap and the deepfake video technologies that came from some of that stuff was literally six years old seven years old so imagine where they are today and you don't have to imagine very much because we're going to get into it when i get back from the break this is dustin gold with the dustin gold standard right here on pain.tv you're listening to the dustin gold standard on pain.tv join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold you're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. All right, folks, we are back from the break right here on Pain.tv. I am your commander for this two-hour episode of the Dustin Gold Standard. And we just got off reviewing the older technology, uh, deepfake video, face swaps, deepfake source video i explained to you deepfake audio and how the mind twin ai brain works so i hope you appreciated that eventually we can go back and i can show you a lot more uh technical samples but to be honest with you i don't think you really need to know all of that right now because this is about the future and what Lars Butler and the Artificial Intelligence Foundation are doing now. This is a conference, uh, what I am about to show you, this is a conference from 2019 called the uh, One Young Leader Conference. And so on the stage, uh, I'm going to skip ahead to, they've already done the introductions because the beginning was kind of slow, but on the stage is Biz Stone, who is the co-founder of Twitter, along with Lars Butler, who we are learning all about. And Biz Stone is going to talk a little bit about Twitter, and then he is going to introduce Lars Butler, and we're going to get into the Mind Twin technology. Now, I will warn you, For those of you watching the video version of the podcast, 
you are probably going to say to yourself, well, this looks very CGI'd. It almost looks like animation. This is at the beginning phases of the unveiling of this technology. This is right after uh, I had my private communications, well, once private communications, with Rob Mallory of AI Foundation, which I shared in episode uh, 15, I believe, which you should listen to if you haven't, because that really, really has some insider information that will uh, tickle your funny bone. And so when you see this, don't, don't discount it. Don't laugh it off because this is real. Okay, this is real. This is what they're building, and they're putting the AI hive mind, which is the important part of this project, behind these deep fake CGI videos of the celebrities and influencers in which volunteered to be the test pilots for this software. So don't sit there and discount it because this is very dangerous and this is the ground level. You're seeing the beginning of the adoption campaign, the campaign presented to the public, the public relations campaign that will lead into where we are today and where we're going in the future. So let's get this started. In the beginning, I'm probably not going to interrupt Biz Stone, but I wanted you to hear the introduction just so you get a flavor for this panel discussion at this conference before it gets into Lars Butler and his demonstration of the Mind Twin technology. I stand by it, and I love your beard. Okay, <laughs> let me just, whatever you said, I'm going to start out by saying that uh, it's people and people like you that change the world. It's not Twitter. Twitter is just a tool that is frequently in the right place at the right time. Uh, the purpose of Twitter is to serve the public conversation. We didn't articulate that early because we didn't know it yet. Um, I encourage you to write down your purpose and your principles, share it with yourself, share it with your team, and I promise you that it will be profoundly positive in, in terms of impact. It really helps galvanize. Now, I won't be entirely self-deprecating about Twitter because Twitter did introduce a new way to communicate at scale. Uh, it, the platform gives everyone a voice. Um, and it, it has been, you know, it's facilitated things like important movements like um, Arab Spring, Black Lives that, that loud breathing you hear is not me. I think that's possibly Lars Butler getting overly excited about playing with his mind twins. But as you see, Biz Stone here is talking about Twitter and how it was instrumental in helping with the Arab Spring, Black Lives Matter, and the Me Too movement all of which are things he's proud of Twitter helping out with, all of which generated from sort of government narratives. We can get into all that one day. It's matter, the Me Too movement, just to name three. And, and all of us who work at Twitter are, of course, incredibly proud of these things. Um, and it, it is a constant reminder, though, that um, people are fu fundamentally good. And when you give them the right tool, they will prove it to you every single day. So my purpose is to be helpful however I can. And as an investor, uh, I help entrepreneurs create new platforms that enable a positive future. Um, I invested in the AI Foundation because I loved the energy of this guy, and you'll see. Um, and because he showed me 
he showed you what, Biz? He showed you his connections to the CIA, to the NSA, to the DOD, to the FBI, to the White House. Is that what he showed you, Mr. Stone? Did he come in and pitch you? He sat there in the shark tank and he said, Hello, my name is Lars Butler. I work for the CIA, the FBI, the NSA, the DOD, the White House, the military industrial complex, and I play in video games. And I am launching a Mind Twin software and we'd love to work with you. And he said, Yeah, I think that's cool, dude. That's radical, man. That's so cool. You're ahead of the curve, brother. The future, like an actual sneak peek of the future, which is amazing. I'm inspired by people, what, by what people do with Twitter, but I will tell you this is some next level sh- stuff. <laughs> um, I mean, having your own... See how cutesy it has to be? This is the propaganda. This is the adoption. They're sitting there in front of a bunch of uh, younger entrepreneurs, younger technologists and they're making jokes about how this is next level and it's really cool when they're introducing a technology that was first backed by peter thiel and the founders fund peter thiel being the owner of palantir palantir being started within ketel money and being used to track down regular everyday americans by the irs in sort of a dystopian skynet manner Oh, this is all very funny. It's all very cutesy. This is how they do it. So Biz Stone is going to introduce this freak who's going to do his demonstration of some mind twins. Yeah. AI. I mean, the power of your own purpose, your own principles at a scale, millions, hundreds of millions. This is unbelievable, but it's true and it's happening. And AI will change and define the next era of social change yeah the power of your own purpose because you have no purpose without your artificial intelligence digital twin and so he's saying ai will define the future ai will be so great and all powerful see this all stems from the king philosopher yuval Noah harari and one of the modern architects ray kurzweil except it's important to remember that it falls on us, uh, and especially all of your young leaders here, to fulfill the true promise of AI, which I believe is to amplify the best traits of humanity. Uh, to yeah, artificial intelligence is to amplify the best traits of humanity. Well, artificial intelligence, as it stands alone, is the replacement of humanity the replacement of human intelligence the replacement of natural world intelligence and as i've pointed out a million times on this show this is nothing more than technocratic genocide they are replacing humanity with artificial intelligence and robots we already see it in many jobs in many industries So don't ever let these people fool you into believing that they're doing this out of the love of humanity. They do not love humanity. Transhumanism, post-humanism, is death to humanity. Post-humanism is beyond humans. You understand? Please, I hope you get this. It is very, very important. Biz Stone and Lars Butler do not love you.
Together we can make AI a triumph, not necessarily just of technology, but a triumph for humanity. And the AI Foundation is the most advanced, responsible, and socially responsible leaders in the field of artificial uh, intelligence. Its purpose is... The only socially responsible people in the field of technology and artificial intelligence are people like myself people like you that create this content that research it and analyze it that try to understand it like you who absorb it and then you preach to your friends and family and your children and grandchildren and your mothers and fathers and senior homes about the dangers of it and how we do not want to become one with technology we are the only socially responsible people there is no one who is socially responsible who is building artificial intelligence to replace humanity. There is nothing socially responsible about that. It's, in fact, anti-social. Social media has been called anti-social media. It causes kids of this generation to not speak to each other. As Dennis Bushnell, the chief engineer, the chief scientist at NASA for the last 40 years has said and bragged about kids you know three to seven years old in the playground texting each other instead of having a conversation but said well just deal with it because that is the human evolution of humans they are proud of this in Yuval Noah Harari's book Sapien he talks about the snail's pace of human evolution and these people are tired of that that's why they're hijacking it, they're pirating it, they're hacking it so that they can take control of it and so that they could socially engineer. Social engineering is not social responsibility. So don't ever, ever, ever fall into this trap. Ever. I'm warning you. I'm warning you. They have good salesmen. Do not fall for this. Is to create a better future by giving 7 billion of us our own AI to amplify our own purpose, our own principles, our own goals and values. It's just unbelievable. So why would 7.6 billion people on the planet Earth need a digital twin artificial intelligence of themselves to amplify their purpose and their principles? Okay, ask yourself that. The internet is already an overcrowded place. It is already an overrun ghetto. In real life, these same people like Biz Stone, Lars Butler, Klaus Schwab, Yuval Noah Harari, the rest of them, talk about climate change, pollution, overpopulation. So now they want to take 7.6 billion people and then multiply that by two by giving everyone a digital twin of themselves that lives in the cyberspace of which if everyone is utilizing their digital twin nonstop, how much energy, how much electricity are we using? See, you can boil down their lies by just using common sense that they are fork tongue. Everything they say out of one side of their mouth, the next week they're saying out of the other. So they're going to double the size of humanity because they truly believe this cyber version of yourself is a completely new being with a soul, as we see through some of their new inventions like the soul machines I showed you. 
and where they talk about how their AIs have a soul. But as Yuval Noah Harari says, you have no soul. You have no free will. You have no spirit. There is no God. You are a hackable animal. And so now they want to give you a digital twin to double the size of humanity as they see it, while at the same time complaining about overpopulation, pollution, and climate change. So what do they have in store for the real you, the natural life you, the one they despise and they hate so much, the one that they call a polluter, the one that they call a useful, uh, no, a useless human, as Yuval Harari puts it, the ones they say that are hackable. So they want to hack you, turn you into a digital twin of yourself, do that to all 7.6 billion people, and then what happens to the real you? How do you not become a polluter? How do you not contribute to climate change? Oh, they have plans, folks. They're not stupid. This is not incompetence. This is not that they are contradicting themselves by accident. They know exactly what they're doing, and we will get into that, and we will take a look at these mind twins when we come back from this break. I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and you're listening to Pain.tv. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Pain.tv. Join the discussion at pain.tv slash gold. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on pain.tv. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my little mind twins out there. We are listening to a panel discussion with Biz Stone, the co-founder of Twitter, and the bald-headed weirdo named Lars Butler. He's so cute, is he not? Let's jump right back into this video and keep moving on this, or I will talk forever because I have so much to say on this subject, but let's let them say it in their own words as much as humanly or digitally humanly possible um with that i want to introduce the actual intelligence behind all of this artificial intelligence my friend dr lars butler co-founder and ceo of the artificial intelligence foundation <laughs> lars oh, thank you so much thank you thank you thank you david and bill thank you so much how can i possibly follow you how can I possibly follow you? Just listen to this man and then just imagine him sitting on the board as a director at IP3 International, overseeing nuclear transactions, selling reactors to Saudi Arabia, moving the waste materials to Russia. He sits on IronNet with former NSA chief Keith Alexander, worked for... Uh, Carlisle Group, headed up by a former deputy director of the CIA, AI Foundation funded by Peter Thiel, Palantir, CIA. Just think, this man gets into the highest levels of government all the way up to the White House, all the way up to the Trump White House. I mean, this guy, when you listen to him, just imagine, he is invited into the inner circles. 
And uh, I, I have to say, I mean, I was at the Grand Canyon at one point, and they said, they said it's a place to humble the soul, but that's nothing compared to coming to One Young World. This is an amazing conference. I had great expectations when I came here, and they were all blown, blown away. So um, it is deeply humbling for all of us at AI Foundation. At AI Foundation, and for those of you watching the video, he's sitting, or not watching the video, uh, you can at pain.tv slash gold. He's sitting there in like a silver, shiny blazer with a black uh, unbuttoned uh, sort of dress shirt. He's got a bald head. Look him up. Lars Butler, two T's. You're going to love the guy. He's so great. He's so, he, you just blow my expectations. I just came from a meeting in China where we were talking about building killer robots. But this, this conference blew away all my expectations. And we are inspired by your example. And like you, we believe that we can create a better, more just and abundant future. And we also believe, like you, that change starts with communication, with all of us directly talking to each other. Which we were all doing, all doing, before the internet came about. When I grew up in the 80s and the 90s, I don't think it was until I was 15 or 16 we may have had an AOL dial-up connection. Okay, before the internet, we all conversed face-to-face. -face. We did it just fine. But now, there's a problem. Ah, they created the problem. And now, they provoke a reaction. And now, here he is to offer the solution, Lars Butler. And humans are extremely social beings. Communication is what makes us human. We are empathic creatures. We like to cooperate. And that is what gives us our influence. That's how we inspire others. That's how we educate each other. And so today, many of our greatest challenges are global. It's an interconnected world. And they now, let me just point this out. I'm not going to go into depth on this, but he says it's a global world, right? That's globalism. That's new world order. One world government. We're a global world. Well, before the internet, and I would argue this and debate this with anyone, the world was a much better place when people focused on their community, on localities. And so if you had a problem with the education system in your town, you would get involved and run for the education board and change that. If you didn't like the way the town was run, you would get involved with the town council. Okay, if you lean Republican or lean Democrat, you would get involved with your Republican or Democrat town committees. And back then, we had much more of a chance of changing things at the local level because our localities, our counties, hadn't been completely taken over by the state and or the federal governments. And so before the Internet, you would focus on the problems in your own community. You would not be concerned with what is going on in other countries. And some people would call you shallow for saying that. But no, you were taking care of your town. You were taking care of your county. And now we have this global world where everyone thinks they are so important that instead of focusing on picking up some trash in their town, they think they're saving the world from Russia one tweet at a time. And so the Internet has been a complete and total disaster. I was the last generation that grew up without the Internet in my pocket. Okay, when I, even in my 20s, when I got involved in politics, I was fighting the city of New Haven, Connecticut, 
and I was utilizing uh, local and statewide media to go after the city of New Haven and its mayor, John DiStefano. And so you were making change at the local level. But now, just because, I mean, think about it. Hey, technology allows me to speak to you. But in reality, I could, if this was 20 years ago, I'd be using my voice to try to change the community around me or conserve the community around me or preserve the culture around me. And so now I can listen to a broadcaster from California or someone in California could listen to me. But in reality, fighting and working at the local level was much more productive. Now we're trapped in this global society. And that's the setup that he's talking about. So the technologists, the technocrats created the problem now of globalism. And now they're going to fix this by giving everyone an AI voice. Can be solved by all of us working together, or the right distributed groups of people working together across the globe. So, fortunately... Right, so we gotta work across the globe, right? So if I have a problem with a river, or with a stream here in my town, I'm gonna get online and bitch to people about it in Beijing. See, it doesn't make any sense. It's like Washington, D.C. ruling over land in the middle of Iowa. The further away your government gets from you, the more tyrannical it is. Making decisions for what happens on planet Earth from a space station on Mars. This is what these guys want to do. Well, now they're going to bring everyone into this metaverse so that they can completely govern it because it's all done now through technology. That's where this is headed. We have been given great tools. You know, media is giving us tools to communicate at scale. And, you know, um, we have mass media, such as, you know, television, news reports, movies, all of those allowing us to broadcast from one to many. And then we have social media, you know, and another amazing tool, Facebook, Instagram, you know, not so important, Twitter, first and foremost. <laughs> right? I mean... Why? To have to make everything into a joke, okay? Twitter, first and foremost. You gotta, you gotta humanize this monster. He has to be humanized. So they write these little corny jokes for him that he can tell here at the conference so that people aren't sitting there going, God, he looks and sounds like a James Bond villain. Well, that wouldn't be allowed. I wonder in his AI mind twin world if he'd skin himself with a different avatar. What would he look like? When he downloads his consciousness into a new nanobot Iron Man suit, what would, what would he look like as a robot, as a non-biological entity? I wonder. Okay. <laughs> yes, they have to clap. Allowing many of us to broadcast to many others. So that's another amazing tool. And yet, even in light of all these unprecedented media tools, we still have a long way to go to educate the world. To share. Educate the world about what, Lars? Share our stories, to work together, to solve problems. And, uh, and we have, actually, as a species, many, many tough conversations going on right now. How do we treat our planet? How should we treat each other? What constitutes freedom? What constitutes freedom? How about not uploading your mind into the cloud to be run as a digital slave while these freaks of nature lock you inside of a 400-square-foot cubicle pod with a VR headset 
strapped over your eyes and a Neuralink brain chip hammered into the back of your skull and implanted down into your brain via a thousand wires with over a thousand electrodes on each one. How about the opposite of that would be freedom, Lars? Could I debate you on that, sir? How about that would be not freedom? I would call that, I don't know, uh, slavery? And so he's sitting here talking about how he's going to give you an AI to help make the world better, to make humanity better, allow us to spread our feelings and thoughts all over the place. Yeah, they're talking about it as if it's the next level of social media. And yeah, social media has definitely made the world a better place. Oh, yeah. Oh, go back to the 40s and 50s. Go back to the 80s. Yeah, that was definitely a worse time than we're in today. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? As the supply chains are weakening and the world is crumbling at the hands of the technocrats who own the very companies that make the food, that run the supply chains, that handle all of the cyber tech, that's all of them, and yet you see it crumbling today as they tell you that they have the answers to fixing it all they have the answers to making it all better and one of the answers is giving you a Neuralink brain chip one of the answers is allowing you to mind twin yourself to give you a personal ai digital twin these are the answers to the problems in which they created of which they act like there's some third party that created all these problems they act as if and they imply as if it is the small mom and pops that created all these supply chain issues when i was a kid i grew up in a town of ten thousand people in uh connecticut and some of my friends came from farm families there was a lot of farms in my town and those families grew vegetables And then they supplied the local grocery stores. I'm not talking about just mom and pop grocery stores. At the time, the chain grocery stores. They'd load up their trucks in the morning. They'd go stock the grocery stores. And then they'd come home and whatever they had left, they had a farm stand and they would sell for cash to make a little extra money. That's how it worked 30 years ago. Then these guys came in. They muscled out the mom and pops like what's happening in Poland now. As I talk to a farmer there, I'm going to publish some of that soon. How they're muscling these guys out and trying to destroy the mom and pop farms, the local farms. And you're going to see that, and you have been seeing it here in the United States with people like Bill Gates buying up the farmland and then passing laws in certain states, trying to make it illegal to have gardens and to have uh, animals grazing your land. Under the name of climate change, it's climate pollution to have a garden in your yard. Oh, I thought you wanted me to be sustainable. Oh, no, 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 no. Not that kind of sustainability. We want you to go to the grocery store and buy GMO'd Frankenstein food as we jack up the prices to the point of where it's growing exponentially and a tomato will cost you 6 million Bitcoin by next year. So they, 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 they create this problem to provoke a reaction and then offer the solution. And now we're at the point where the solution is that humans to solve problems need to create a digital mind twin of themselves 
to go out into the cyber metaverse second life immersive world and work with other people to to fix these problems and Lars Butler, Lars Butler and his friends, they want to give you the digital mind twin. The CIA, the NSA, the DOD, the White House, the military industrial complex. We are friends. We're not the people who created all the wars. We're the ones trying to solve them. That's who you're dealing with, folks. You see these criminals, these liars, these scammers, these schemers, these grifters, these pirates, these hackers, these these just these monsters they are playing god and not only are they trying to play god they want to be god as yuval noah harari said those who control the data will control the future those who control the data will be the gods of a new era that's who we are dealing with folks this is lars butler This is the head of Artificial Intelligence Foundation. This is the man who was pushing and working on the technology for the metaverse and the second life world over 10 years ago, buddied up with the CIA, the NSA, all throughout his work history, all throughout his resume. He doesn't hide it. It's just no one has ever looked. No one has ever talked about him. And so over the last three episodes now, that's what we've been doing. In episode four, we are going to continue this video so you can see where his mind twin technology is at. And then we're going to use that to transition into where I believe this technology is being used today. And I'm going to show you the mind twin they created with Deepak Chopra. And that led me down a rabbit hole to read more about Deepak Chopra, who I avoided over the years, and now I know why, because this guy is completely insane. Completely insane, and completely backs the idea of the transhuman, of which he calls the metahuman, and of which he's written about and spoken about. And then we're going to go from there to Peter Thiel, who backed AI Foundation because Thiel is so instrumental in this authoritarian technocracy and this quest for immortality by these crazy psychopaths. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Dustin Gold. This is the Dustin Gold Standard, and thank you for listening to me at pain.tv slash gold. Until tomorrow, I am out, folks. Have a great evening. The Matrix is a computer-generated dream world built to keep us under control in order to change a human being. You're listening to the Dustin Gold Standard on Ping.tv. Join the discussion at Ping.tv slash gold.